Welcome to Sailing Women's Network. I'm Deborah Wallace and we're talking today with Jan Howard and Mary Holly from the Newcastle Cruising Yacht Club. I wanted to start by reflecting on a part of a closing paragraph from an article which was published in the Club Marine magazine a while ago. It reads, when Jan and I decided to go for a sail by ourselves sometime in 2008, it was to prove something to ourselves. We certainly did not expect this decision to result in she sails and that the concept would be adopted by Australian sailing and implemented nationally. Well, welcome, ladies. How are you today? Well, thank you, Deb. I'm very well, thank you, Deborah. That's great. Enjoying some sailing at the moment, coming to the end of the summer series, and we've finally got some nice weather. Yes, have got some nice weather, but um, I don't think it's looking good for twilight racing this evening because uh, it's sort of starting to come up the coast at the moment. Hold on to those mains and the head sails and hopefully we can get a very, very quick race in. Nice to have you along. And what I'd love to do is start with the early days about both yourselves, Mary and Jan. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um. It's Jan here, Deb. I didn't sail as a child, although I would love to have had the opportunity to do so. We had a little yacht club in the small town in northern Tasmania where I lived, and I used to go down there and watch with great envy um, all the young people going out on the water, but it, it wasn't possible for me, so I took up surfing instead. Uh, at a time when very few women surfed and I guess that was my way of enjoying the the water and the ocean um, when sailing wasn't available to me. That's amazing. Did you get down to the Hobart to see the yachts come in at any point in time? No, we, we didn't tend to do that. I didn't do that as a child. We we didn't travel a lot in Tasmania in those days because the road system wasn't <laughs> I can understand that. So when did you take up sailing? I took up sailing in about 1976-77 in Melbourne where we were living at the time and my husband had an opportunity to go sailing at Sandringham. He'd sailed as a, a kid on the Derwent um, in Hobart in dinghies. Uh, he was quite keen to take up this offer but we lived about hour and a half or so away from the Sandringham Sailing Club and I quickly realised that um, if he was going to be sailing I just wouldn't see him on Saturdays so I decided that I'd go along. Oh (laughs) that's great. So I invited myself along sailing and more or less just kept going in almost a bit uninvited I suppose but eventually I became part of the crew and that's how it all started. And what size boat were you on then? We're on a little half tonner, a 30-foot Adams. And do you still remember the name of that boat? Yes, it was called Theseus. Lovely. Do you still maintain any relationship with those people that you used to sail with in the early days? We still do maintain contact with some good friends from Sandringham who at the same time had a, um, a yacht called Star Wars and then Bacardi. How did you get up to Newcastle? We came to Newcastle for a little while in the late 70s and then we went to Perth for a few years. Um, 
and then back to Newcastle in 1985. And it was in about 1987 that um, I resumed sailing in Newcastle. Oh, lovely. And Jan, I understand you've done 14 Sydney to Hobarts. How did those campaigns come together? I did my first um, race to Hobart in 1979 when I was living in Melbourne. The Sydney Hobart race was very different in those days. And I just happened to be sailing with some people in Melbourne from Sandringham Yacht Club who um, campaigned their Coal 43 which was called Star Wars and previously very well known as Bacardi in that race. Um, Then I went again with them in 1980 and having family got in the way of that and I didn't go again until 1987. Any challenges you faced during those races? We've had some very bad weather in a number of the races. Um, 1993 was a pretty bad one. We were involved in the 1998 Hobart. That was on a, a different boat. And by that time, I was sailing from Newcastle. Certainly, that, that was probably the most memorable and the most yeah. challenging and frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. What position were you, Jan? In the early days, it was... It was fairly rare to find um, women on ocean racing crews and I started out largely doing the provisioning, um, race administration and a bit of the cooking. I really stayed in the cockpit. Uh, gradually over the years I, I learnt a lot more and um, in appropriate conditions I, I did do the bow. What other racing did you do as well? I've done a, f- a couple of Devonport, uh, Melbourne to Devonport races in the in those early days. A couple of Sydney to Gold Coast, Sydney Coffs Harbour, Lord Howe race. Uh, yeah, but my last Sydney Hobart was in two thousand and six. So those fourteen races did span a fairly long period of time. You've definitely got um, a more than some. And we'll leave it there, Jan. We'll just flip over to Mary. And Mary, what about yourself? What What's your journey been like? I'm new to sailing as an adult. I didn't sail. I wasn't a particularly sporty um, adolescent. I started sailing in my 40s and it was mainly because Jim, my husband, kept going off and doing long ocean races. So he would do races up north, Lord Howe, and then go down to Hobart every year. And he was pretty dedicated to going to Hobart at that stage. And so I thought, well, the kids are grown up and he keeps disappearing at Christmas, so I need to do this, a bit like Jan, you know. Mm. In my 40s, I decided that this is what I was going to do. So I had some sailing lessons um, out on Lake Macquarie and I then started sailing on the Sunday races with a boat called Highland Fling, which was an Adams 50. And they were very kind to me. They were, they were campaigning to go to Lord Howe and then to Hobart a few years after I started sailing with them. So they, I sort of put my hand up and said, can I come and I'll do all the provisioning. Oh, and wow. It was a very generous of them to accept because you know they really didn't need someone to do the provisioning at all but they knew that I wanted to sort of have a go so I did 
and uh, I went, I'd done ocean passages before on return trips and things, but it was my first race. So I did my first Hobart race in 1997. And what about thereafter? So how many Hobarts have you done? Well, after that, well, after that race, of course, Jim went down, but he went on another boat. Yeah. And when we met up, he said, well, what do you think? He was as keen as mustard to buy a boat. Mm-hmm. I said, it was great. I loved it. And he said, well, we buy a boat. And I said, yeah, sure. Sounds like a great idea. So we did that. And then for the next 15 years, we campaigned and sailed Aurora to Hobart consecutively every year. And we arrived in Hobart every year. So... 15 in Aurora, not for any particular reason except that Jim arched 25 at that stage and he, he, we just decided that, you know, it was time to sort of not do that really hard racing anymore. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you both had a very, can I say? Um, well, baptism of water into ocean racing. Yeah, there we go. Not- <laughs> Led you both to getting involved with the Newcastle Yacht Club and... Um, Deb, Newcastle Yacht Club is a relatively new yacht club. Um, it was a virtual yacht club for quite a long time. It was started about 25 years ago by a group of people in Newcastle who largely sailed on Lake Macquarie and felt that there was a need and there was enough interest amongst boating and sailing people to have a marina and a club in Newcastle Harbour. They got together and formed a yacht club um, and they very cleverly worked out a means by which they could build a marina and and then it was nearly 10 or probably six, seven years after that that we, we built a clubhouse. So our, our clubhouse infrastructure has only been there for about 15, 16 years. Okay. Oh, that's terrific. And I must say, it is a lovely yacht club. If anyone wants to pop in for a bite of lunch or dinner when the club's open, always welcoming. That's right. No, we're, very, we're very, very fortunate to have the facilities we do and uh, the, the founding members were very wise in that they enabled the club to be on a sound financial because of the marina and substantial amount of commercial property that we rent out to commercial tenants and that's meant that we haven't had to depend on income from poker machines. So that sets us a little bit aside from probably many other yacht clubs in New South Wales in that there are no poker machines at our club. Well done. That's amazing. Now, my next question is what motivated you both to step up and take the lead in setting up she sales now well one morning (laughs) mary and i were walking along the beach and we were talking about our friends and what they were doing in their retirement and a number of them had taken up golf and we were discussing this and decided that golf wasn't really for us and it was a beautiful day the water was sparkling and we just decided that maybe we could go sailing instead of taking up golf. So we decided to go for a sail, just the two of us on on our boat, which at the time was set up with its cruising sails, I think. So we said, let's let's go for a sail, just the two of us, and see if we can do it on our own. And that's how it started. Just seen Karawong compete with the first two women in the Sydney to Hobart. Any aspirations of doing something similar to that? Um, no. 
<laughs> I thought I, I'd just ask. And congratulations to those women. They're just amazing. And, I mean, it's only two-handed. When we went out there, we had electric winches and electric winch to get the main sailor. Mm. You know, it was pretty calm. A long ocean race with two, just two up takes an awful lot of work and a lot of stamina. And, no, I don't think we'd do that now. We would ever have done it, really. Mm. Um, we might have. We might have decided it would have been a good idea. But but we, we just wanted to prove to ourselves at the time that we didn't we could just go out and do it. And much as our husbands have been really, really supportive of the, you know, of our sailing there's a sort of culture where people, where husbands sort of don't really want their wives to come. But that was never the case with um, Jan and I. Husbands were really keen because we were part of the crew, you know. So, but we wanted to just prove that we could do it by ourselves. So that's why we did it. And um, as each time that we went out, we got less less nervous about the whole thing and managed to sleep the night before. Yeah. And um, getting the boat in and out of the pen. Jan's boat's much easier to sail than mine um, with two people. Mine takes a cast of thousands, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't an option to go out of my boat in the early days. Uh, that's just what we did. We we did that, and then people, more people heard about it and want to come sailing, and uh, and that was the early days of sort of getting together and going out and and learning. And we were learning all the time, and everybody on the boat was learning. And it, it was a wonderful environment of just women out there having fun and discovering what you could do before we started racing. It was just a lovely, a lovely time of discovery for us all. That was around 2009 that you sort of looked at that. Yeah. I noted that you used to do a, a briefing before and a briefing after. That's right. And we were included in that too, you know, so it was everybody sitting there saying, oh, you know, I could have done this better or whatever. And so it was um, it was just a means of sort of going over what we'd done instead of everybody just jumping off the boat and running up and having a beer. Mm. And, and Newcastle Yacht Club race offshore for their twilights, don't they? They do. All racing on the, on the big keel boats, on the yachts, is all offshore. There's none inshore. It's only the, our small keelboat fleets that can be inshore. So that's, la- oh, well, not lasers, they're dinghies, but um, our Force 24 Academies and our Elliott 6 fleet. So tell me how that uh, Force 24 Academy came about. I mean, you've got... Deb was, as we, as we started to go out more just on our own with other women who we knew had had a bit of experience uh, in sailing... Other people, other women started to take an interest in what we were doing and asked if they could come along. And we felt that we were a little bit concerned that we were taking out people we didn't know very well and there was, you know, there was a duty of care. We didn't have any qualifications as instructors or anything like that. So we both did a AYF coastal skipper's course, I think, an AYF course, um, as much to give ourselves a, a bit more confidence. And then having done that, we decided that we'd go down to Pitwater and do the um, Australian Killboat Instructors course. Uh, and this Australian Killboat program was fairly new. This is probably about 2000 and, 
2014, 13. And um, oh, before that. It might have been yeah. before that. Yeah. And so we went down and we did that um, at Royal Prince Alfred. And then having done that, we, we could um, present a re reasonably strong argument to the, the board of the Yacht Club that we needed some small inshore keelboats to do our training on because we recognised that it was a bit dangerous taking complete newcomers offshore in, in our own boats. Mm. So we, um, we were lucky enough to, to gain a lot of support and, and the club bought six Force 24s, second-hand Force 24s from Royal Prince Alfred. And um, they, they have been an enormous success. So then we had, Mary and I were, were um, instructors just at the basic level. Yeah. We had the, the little boats to, to train people in and we were up and away and it wasn't long and be, before we applied and were accredited as a Discover Sailing Centre and uh, a sailing academy manager was appointed and, and it's just been onwards and upwards from there. Fantastic. And I suppose that's sort of when Austra caught Australian Sailing's eye of the programs, et cetera, what you were doing? Probably was then, yes. And um, you women sailing sort of in our little group, in our little program, um, fairly informal program at Newcastle. And um, we just decided to give ourselves a name and decided to develop a bit of a brand. And we bought shirts and bought our red shoes and just to, I suppose as much as anything to make a bit of a statement too. <laughs> Lovely and give yourselves an identity. Yes and we paid a designer to come up with a logo and we thought of we ourselves thought of the name She Sails and um, and that's sort of how it started and, I, and there was a, an, a national committee that was formed initiative of Australian sailing to develop a framework for encouraging more women and girls in sailing across Australia. Mm -hmm. They invited me to sit on that committee. Um, we met a few times to work out a bit of a strategy. There, were, there was very good representation um, from across sailing generally and quite a few other women sailors on that committee. And um, they looked at the various brands that were being used around Australia to... Um, for women sailing at various clubs and they liked ours so they they adopted it and we were very happy about that. About She Sales Development Regatta. Sales Development Regatta, this is our seventh year of doing that and we've got one coming up this coming weekend. We decided that once people had done the women's sailing course through the academy we we sort of thought what we need to do is get these people involved in in racing so we thought, well, how can we do that? And we thought about putting together a little regatta, a little development regatta where people who have gone through the academy, people who sort of started out with us initially, all of those sort of people could then come along and get and jump in the boats and have a little regatta and learn how to race. Because, you know, you just do a course and that's the end of the course and then you go off. But because of all our, all our racing, at Newcastle is offshore, it was sort of give them a few more skills and also to get them involved in the idea of, of racing because we'd been to a couple of regattas and we'd had a ball, it'd been such good fun. So we thought, well, there'll be other people as well. So we 
we put together this um, development idea and it's evolved over the over the years, over the seven years. There's not much involved now in in organisation because we've got it so it just sort of runs by itself. The only modification that we've made is that we have now started to invite crews from other clubs to come. So instead of being just our own crews in our, in our fleet of six Force 24s, we then have two regattas. We have one for, our, for, for six boats and a second one in the afternoon for six boats. So that we actually put through 12 crews in the day in two separate programs that are exactly the same, basically. Right. So um, the first day is dedicated to training. So they, they learn about, you know, starts, flags, signals, basic rules of the road, you know, how to hoist a spinnaker, uh, just sort of basic, you know, how to understand how to sail around a course, just basic things. Then the next day they come back and they, they go racing. So the way we organise the crews is that we have an instructor on each boat and we look at the skills of the people who put their names down because they enter as individuals and we, we organise those people on different boats so that no one boat is going to be better off, you know, or no one boat is going to be totally disadvantaged. So you've got a mixture of skills on each of the boats from beginners who have just completed that yeah. course to someone, yeah. you know, quite experienced. Yeah, or someone who's done three courses. Yeah. Someone who's done one course or whatever. And then, and and we don't have first, second and third prizes. So it's not um, an exercise in, you know, demoralising crews who are learned to race. It's, it's a fun environment. So there's most improved. And then we have a Coco Chanel Award for the people who've had the best team spirit and dress up the best. And so it's, a, it's about, it's teaching people how to race as a crew, as a team, to get the best out of it and have the most fun. Fantastic. Um, mm. And then you've actually got the She Sells Open Regatta, which is at the other end of the year. Yes, um, to go we purchased eight um, Elliot Sixes. They were they were the Elliot Sixes that were used in the 2012 London Olympics. Um, we imported those from um, Canada, I think it was, and um, so those boats are used for our regatta racing, uh, keelboat league racing. We have mixed fleets racing. We have twilight racing. I think we have a um, afternoon Thursday afternoon retirees race in those. Yeah, they're used for lots of different types of harbour-based sailing, but we use them in the last weekend of November for our open women's open regatta, and that's a regatta where we invite crews from any club in Australia to come and join us and we can accommodate up to 16 crews. I think the most we've had so far was 14 a couple of years ago and we had to have sort of like a bit of a round-robin type of program to accommodate that many uh, in just eight boats. But um, that's, that's held over two days, that open regatta. So I was up there for the 2019, I think Malulabar ladies came down to race in that regatta. 
you had representation from Sydney, Lake Macquarie, Port Stephens, and there was a lady down from Darwin just having a look at how the regatta was done. So, you know, it really has set the standard for those types of regattas. Yes, it, it, uh, last year we didn't have quite as many from elsewhere, but we did have a crew from Townsville last year. And um, that, that was the result of relationships that we'd built with those ladies having sent up some women to, to do their gals regatta. So one of the lovely things about these regattas is that we are starting to build a, a great network of um, sailing women throughout Australia. That's amazing. So was there any resistance and as leaders, were you able to navigate that resistance? Well, I think being a very young club, there wasn't any tradition that we had to break down. So that was fine. In terms of the board support and the CEO support, we, we have had absolutely no obstacles at all. They have been so supportive and they are still supportive. And I think probably there's, there's probably only... In fact, I don't think there's any boats that are just all blokes anymore that sail out of Newcastle. They've all got women on their crew and they're all happy to take the women because they know that they've been, you know, that, that, that they can sail because, you know, we sail. So we were lucky in that respect that we did have the respect of the, of the sailors who were there. And I guess it has been easy for us we also do, you know, every now and then we'll put on functions and fundraising. We run um, information sessions about, you know, weather or trimming or have guest speakers come along and have a chat. And although it's run by She Sales, it's that open to everybody. So we're not sort of just this exclusive group within our club that, that doesn't encompass everybody in the club. So, And I think that's important because I think if the guys believe that, you know, they're part of the, the whole thing and we're a part of the whole club as um, it, that we're not sort of, it's not exclusive. We're not excluding anybody where everybody is invited except when we sail as women um, and compete in regattas as women, it's women on the crew. One of the things that is has been interesting and to, to start with we sort of thought, oh, well, when we have these regattas, maybe maybe we'll have all women sailing and we'll have all women race support people, you know, female race officers, female boat drivers and all that sort of thing. And we, we sort of rethought that. And as it is now, we have a group of, of male members of our club who just love to be part of our regattas. And we've, we've found that that's actually a really, really good thing. And these guys come back every regatta. They wouldn't miss one because they love it and they enjoy it so much. And I think that is also a way of ensuring that we have support right across the, the board at the club. Um, yeah, and I'll just add, they proudly wear their She Sales committee shirts as well too with the She Sales logo all over the back of it. So Lovely. Yeah, they're very, very supportive. I think... What we're seeing now is also a shift of seeing men more involved uh, across the board everywhere in developing skills for women. 
So how can we develop more women leadership in the world of sailing? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I don't think, I think you have to give people the opportunities, you know, appoint women on committees and, and, and boards and things like that. But I think also too, you know, there's the, there's the support roles that go, I mean, you can't run a race without a race officer and you can't lay the marks without, you know, a mark boat. So I think it's getting people involved in that side of it too, because from that, you know, there there are great examples. There are women who are race officers, like Elaine Fowler, who was part of the Olympic group. You know, that sort of those sorts of people. I think they are leaders. It doesn't have to be somebody doing the directing. It's just people who are who are advertising the fact that you know that there are women and women can do these things and everybody can do it. So I think it's creating opportunities in clubs for people to be able to step into roles that they might not necessarily do. Other things I've noticed is we recruit a lot of young sailors, 14, 15-year-olds, from our TAC, or younger ones even, from our TACAS role. Once the kids have finished the TACAS program, they go off and sail all different sorts of classes of dinghies. And at the age of about 13, 14, 15, we get them back to become TACAS instructors. And then from there, they progress when they're probably 16, 17, 18, to become keelboat instructors. And I've observed with great interest the way these young people develop considerable leadership skills just by virtue of the, the responsibility and the role as an instructor at club level and then you know by the time they're 19 or 20 they have a very very diverse range of skills I think and and it's those young women sailors who are instructing at our club teaching adults to sail um, part of the academy staff and also doing their own sailing on the side I'm noticing some very fine leaders coming through that pathway. So that's a positive impact that the programs program has had for women sailing in general around the club. Mm, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So are there any other positive impacts that you've seen that the program has contributed to the club? Uh, we've had a significant number increase in membership. Uh, a lot of a lot of the women who go, uh, not just women, but men who go through our sailing academy become crew members, members of our club. Uh, so that, I think, the fact that there are so many women around our club um, clearly involved in sailing, I think um, is a really good thing for the culture of the club generally and the atmosphere around the club. And you mentioned you have evenings where you have guest speakers. So what sort of topics do you cover? Well, we had, um, we had Lisa Blair come and chat and Wendy Tuck. They've, they've both come and chatted. We've had a presentation on the weather. We've had a presentation on tactics. Yeah, there's been all sorts of things that, that we have put because we decided that we'd run a um, a speaker series through the year. So there would be three speakers that we would have come and talk. So 
that that has some um, and that and that got really good support last year. We just advertise it. It's open to everybody. It's not just women. And and uh, yeah, it's been it's it's been very successful. Fantastic. We, we haven't um, apart. Mary mentioned those people that we, those wonderful women sailors we all know of, like Wendy and Lisa and so on. We've had a few of those, but we've also looked locally and asked our local women who've done interesting things to share their their knowledge and experience. For example, the the manager of our sailing academy is a former world uh, laser radial um, sailor from when she was in her late teens, and she she no longer sails lasers, but she runs our academy for us. Well, we had her speak about her experience as a young sailor all those years ago, and. We try and get uh, we try and get our women who've maybe done the most recent Sydney Hobart to come along and talk to us about their experience. So we use our own local resources. Um, we we celebrate the achievements of our our own women as well. Finally, what advice would you give the next generation of leaders or those women that you see stepping up? say be very careful not to try and change the world <laughs> okay we i think i think that i think it can be quite disadvantaged to go into an environment and try and change things too quickly that does encourage resistance if you just quietly chip away at the edges and just quietly demonstrate in in one's own way that one is really serious about changing things um, do so by example I think that delivers a lot more positive and longer term results that's great advice Jan what about you Mary we've seen examples of, of um, you know she sells programs or um, sort of not not getting the support that they need because the people going in to to sort of implement those have been a bit too aggressive so i agree with jan it's a softly softly approach and been successful because i think because we've we've done it together we've egged each other on and you know been enthusiastic let's try this on now let's do that and i think it's hard on your own so i would suggest that you know it whoever's sort of deciding that they want to sort of get this going in their club or doing whatever they want to do to find a mate to do it with because it's it's a great it's a great journey to share with somebody but it's also it sort of tends to keep the momentum up when somebody's thinking oh god I can't do this anymore and someone else says oh no come on let's go and do this so also find people in the club men in the club that are going to support you in in what you're doing because it, it's not that we need men to support us. It's just helpful if you have, if you have the support of people outside that she sales group, and I, it could quite easily be it's you know social members of the club or whatever. But just to just to have that support from people outside your immediate group of she sales women. Totally agree there. 
ask you both and I really appreciate your time. I'd love to close with the final sentence from the same Club Marine article. She Sales has become more than just sailing. We are a nationwide community of women of all ages and backgrounds developing lifelong friendships and sharing a love of being on the water. So, again, thank you both, Mary and Jan. I really appreciate your time. Happy sailing and look forward to catching up in the near future. Thank you, Deb. Thank you.